Greetings, friends. It is the weekend of Easter Sunday, Sunday, April the 9th, and I hope that you and yours are doing well. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter Sunday. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Here God's word to is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, some selected verses reading from the NIV, the resurrection of Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Listen, I, I tell you a mystery. We will, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord, the risen Jesus Christ. Throughout history, some words have inspired hope. They've comforted the grieving, motivated others to reach for new heights. Some of these examples, you know, words, the words of Lincoln's Gettysburg Address or the preamble from the Declaration of Independence. Martin Luther ignited the Protestant Reformation with his famous declaration, Here I Stand. Jonathan Edwards stoked and lit revival fires of the Great Awakening with his sermon, Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. FDR's radio dress on a day that has lived in infamy called for courage to overcome fear, rallied support for America to enter a world war. But of all the words ever spoken, none have echoed through the ages and changed the course of history as the words spoken by an angel at an empty grave. He is not here, he is risen. And this Easter Sunday, we turn our attention to the resurrection. Every Sunday worship service is a testimony that Jesus rode from the dead. Easter Sunday gives us an opportunity to consider the significance of the resurrection to our faith and to what we really believe. It's an interesting aspect of early Christian history is, is, the, is the resurrection, not the cross, that was the central theme of Christian preaching. Several contemporary believers assume the cross has always been the focal point of the faith of a believer. It's, just, it's almost like sometimes we view the cross as somehow the touchdown and the resurrection as the extra point. And of course, obviously, the cross is crucial. It's vital. It's deplorable. It's beautiful. 
because it was the means through which Jesus, the Lord of the universe, would atone for my sin, for your sin. It's how he would win us back to a holy God. But listen to Paul's words. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. If Christ has not been raised, then you are still in your sins. The early believers saw themselves as witnesses to the resurrection. That's Acts chapter 1, 15 through 16. And Peter and John created an, an uproar because they were preaching about Jesus and the resurrection. And the Bible says with great power, the apostles testified to the resurrection. That's Acts 4, 33. Several years after the crucifixion, while preaching in Athens, Paul preached good news about Jesus and the resurrection, Acts 17, 18. Chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians is this incredible passage of encouragement, of hope, and as it provides comfort to those who are grieving. It, it reveals to us Jesus Christ, the conqueror who removes the painful sting of death and promises this holy transformation from simple skin and bones to the immortal spirit, this condition of union with the holy God. It presents this grand and glorious promises and this logical progression as a gift from the resurrected Savior. Because Jesus rose from the dead, he is able to make and to keep the promises that are recorded in this chapter of Scripture and in all of Scripture. You see, here is what the resurrection does. First of all, the resurrection proclaims Jesus' lordship. The resurrection proclaims the, the deity, the godness of Christ, his complete godness. His death on the cross may have accomplished our redemption as he paid for the sins of the world, but it did not prove to the world that Christ was God in flesh. You see, some view the crucifixion as this honorable sacrifice made by a gifted teacher. Others would point to the cross as a failure of Jesus to demonstrate his power, like the thief who mocked him, saying, hey, if you're the Messiah, then get us down from here. Critics view the cross as, as an insignificant death. They see Jesus as one of many who rebelled against the Roman Empire and suffered the consequences. But the Bible, the scripture paints a very different picture. The crucifixion was not a tragedy. It was a triumph as illustrated and declared by the resurrection. You see, Jesus was not a victim. He was a volunteer. And Paul declared that the resurrection proved that Jesus was the Son of God, Romans 1, 4. And in this text of 1 Corinthians 15, we read that Christ conquers all enemies and destroys all dominion and hands the kingdom over to God the Father. That's verses 24 through 27. Everything is under the authority of Jesus because of the resurrection. You know, others have made claims of deity. They are, however, all dead, or, or they will be, but, but the tomb is empty. Jesus' tomb is empty. He is alive. He is the Holy Son of God who is worthy to receive glory, honor, and praise. Secondly, the resurrection promotes our, our dignity. We Look at the pronoun that's used in verse 20, and 20 and through 23. But Christ has indeed, indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, and then when he comes, those who belong to him, those who have fallen asleep, and those who belong to him. Who were the those? We don't know them all by name, we, we, but we know what they did. They placed their faith in Jesus as the Savior of the world. 
and therefore they belong to Jesus or died in Christ. Those refer to ordinary people, just like you and me. The those, like us, have collided with Jesus at this intersection of life and accepted this invitation and gift of eternal life. We are the, the whosoevers, if you will, of the world. Eternal life is real, and we can experience the kingdom is here. All, A-L-L, all who call on the name of the Lord can be saved. Men, women, young, old, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, black, brown, white, purple, Republicans, Democrats, the good, the bad. You see, all are welcome in the family of God. Jesus died for our sin and rose again to prove his sacrifice was not in vain. He is alive to declare to us and to the world that we are this unique creation of of God with a significant role to play in his kingdom. You and I are one of the those precious souls who are too many to name, but considered to be the fruit or blessing of the resurrection. And thirdly, the cross, excuse me, the resurrection protects against despair. Verse 19 says that without the resurrection, we should be pitied more than all people. Then in verse 32, we read that without the resurrection, we should just eat, drink, and die, basically. But Jesus is alive and protects against a life of despair and selfish indulgence. The resurrection communicates a higher purpose. We understand that we are loved by our creator who has gone to great lengths to communicate this love. The resurrection reminds us that trials and the things that that hurt and the pain and even death is temporary. We may have to carry a cross for a short time. In fact, scripture says that we will. We have to take up our cross. But there is a resurrection into eternal glory. Despair is like this locked door that's keeping us trapped in this room of pain. Hope remains. It's this unreachable distance. It's behind the locked door. But the resurrection kicks open the door to freedom, to peace, to hope for a better future. And speaking of future, the resurrection prepares our future. Twenty Verse 24 declares, the end will come. The resurrection is the guarantee that the promises of Jesus are true. Jesus declared that he was going away to prepare a place for his followers. John, that's John 14, 1 through 6. And he promised that he would return. The end is coming when all will stand before the judgment seat of Jesus. Those who have received Christ's offer of eternal life will be made alive, as proclaimed in verse 22. And those who reject Jesus will experience an eternal death. The resurrection is this invitation to receive what Jesus has prepared for us. His offer of eternal life is this gift that has to be received. It must be received. So some questions. What have we done with our invitation? Jesus is alive and calling for us to receive him today. As the old hymn so beautifully says, would you be free from the power of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Here again, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly 
to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is not here. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen, and God bless.